Welcome to the Bootleg Book Club. Thank you for joining us today as we're reading and discussing Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. Uh, Believe it or not, it's our ninth pick. So let's get started with about the author, Power of the Pen. Okay. So Tia Williams, she's currently an executive copy director at Estee Lauder Companies. Um, She graduated from the University of Virginia and she has a deep history in the beauty industry Um, She worked as a beauty editor with Elle, Glamour, and many more companies um, after college. And then during the years, she became a beauty blogger pioneer. Um, Her website was called Shake Your Beauty, and it's been raved about. Um, And now she is writing. She's been writing. Um, She has a couple books, um, even one of her books. Um, the Perfect Find won the African American Literary Award for Best Fiction. Um, and yeah, right. And actually, I wanted to mention something about her books. Mm-hmm. I listened to her interview with um, Therapy for Therapy for Black Girls podcast, and she mentioned in there something I thought was um, interesting. Like, all of her books are, like, different stages of life and, like, where she's been at in different stages of life and, like, what she may have, like, there's a touch of what she's gone through or may ha- may be going through. And it's, like, the ages in all the different books are different. So, like, I think her first book was, like, early 20s and now this book is, um, I want to say mid-30s, early 40s or something like that. So, um, yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool that her books are kind of growing up with her. Okay. Um... So for the book look, do you want to pull up the cover? Yes, I have it right here. I think it's a gorgeous cover. I think it's obvious that it's a romance story. The couple is in like a very intimate, deep embrace, I would say. Yeah. I thought the colors that were used were interesting because like there seems to be a contrast between dark and light. And I think um, that's a little nugget from the book as well yeah and the fact that it seems to almost be like a collage of colors i think is also a little nugget from the book as well which i think we'll get into once we get into the deep dive yes i really liked where you're talking about it looks like a collage um because art is talked about in this book you know um that is very nice like foreshadowing i really like how it's this time um actual people who are embraced on the front of this page um versus it's been really nice of course you see um cartoons right Right, but i think it's a difference when you see like these are actually um portrayals of human people you know that you get to see grown up sorry this is our most grown up cover yes exactly which makes sense because it's our most grown up book (laughs) (laughs) well no I think Yinko was a grown-up book. It was just a different tone, almost. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Definitely. This has a different tone, which um, kind of goes into, like, what you're saying, the darkness part. I think this um, has a level of darkness um, that we'll, of course, go into. Um, do you want to go into how many pages and all that good stuff? You could do that, because mine usually is a bit off. Um, it is a total of 
328 pages. Really, 326, the last couple of pages are acknowledgments, which I'm sure you've probably read. And um, just uh, reading group guides and that sort of stuff, like discussion questions and that sort of thing, which I thought is interesting. I actually like when books have that. I think it's mm -hmm. cool, especially if like you're in a book club. I've done book clubs before, like in-person ones with other people. And the discussion questions, I think, have always been helpful and interesting for like to guide us and that sort yes. of thing. So that was cool. Overall, I would like to say this is a story of a second chance at love. I think we know the main character is Eve, but I think we get a glimpse of everybody's like point of view at, at one point. And then also I think Shane, who is the love interest, I think he is very prominent in this book as well. Like his point of view is very prominent as well. But it does touch on almost everyone's, I would say. Yes. Um, so like I was saying, it's a second chance at love type of story. But I also feel like it's about motherhood and ancestry. And it just goes into all of these different themes. And um, the main character, Eve, she's a writer, but she's also a single mom who like fell in love at a young age unexpectedly considering her less than ideal upbringing and she falls in love with basically a juvenile delinquent and it's like this very deep love at a very young age but you can tell that in a way they almost need each other that's how it's kind of set up yes. and they end in a rather sad way as teenagers but they kind of find their way back to each other as adults and we learn about their past through flashbacks and then we're going to be, as the story goes on, you navigate through their current lives as successful authors and who they're trying to be and how they're trying to be true to themselves. And um, in the end, you're, you're, you're waiting to see how far will this reconnection go, basically. Um, so do you want to start with the bookmark? I'm always happy to start because I know I have the most quotes, but <laughs> you can go ahead. So, yes, um, I actually had a lot of quotes this time, too, but I'm going to keep it down to two. I will say, though, um, I think we had one that was the same. Okay. Um, so starting off there, um, listen, caring about things don't make you soft. It makes you alive. Right. Um, this was really powerful. Shane, um, as, as you, you mentioned, mentioned. Um, is another kind of main character and he is pretty much trying to mentor um, someone at this point. And that's kind of his advice to this person who's very much had a hard life um, and is kind of like joking on him. Like, I don't want to share my feelings at times, like different things like that. And he's just being realistic of the power of caring and being an emotional person I think which is very something very different um because there's other times it seems like Shane himself is still um struggling to feel I completely agree um as far as that quote I yes that is one we had that was similar I also thought it was a profound moment because it's a moment where Shane is speaking to another male character. Yes. And I thought that was very profound and powerful because we um, we can talk about toxic masculinity. We can talk about patriarchy. We can talk about how men are raised not to feel. But here we have a man telling another, you know, 
I'm going to say he's a boy. We're going to have we're going to have a man telling a boy that it's okay to care. It's okay to feel. You're not going to be soft or less than because of that. Like it makes you who you are. You're alive. Like you have breath in you and I just I found that part of it to be profound too as far as who it was like who this quote was between. Yeah. And next I have something that kind of comes a bit later in the book um, where it's Audrey, who is the daughter, um, talking, um, just be an active listener. If you listen hard enough, you could tell what a person needs from you. And if you give them what they need, you've got a friend for life. Um, Audrey, she she's young. She's 12 years old. And... Um, the thing here, though, is she's kind of really wise for her age, you know? She has Very these... incredibly. I would say even more wise than some of these other teenagers we've been reading about in other books. And I was like, this... The stuff she says, the way she thinks is very profound. Mm-hmm. Is that because of private school? Is I, I don't know. But I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay, girl. Yes. So, um, I was really impressed by this, um, idea that it came from her, one, and then two, that, um, there's this time where you could really learn, um, what it takes, like, what's kind of, at this point, you're going through life, and life is so difficult, and adults can be messy, is, like, the conversation, where she's, like, at times, it could be really simple, though, you know, and the... Um, simple part about it is just being decent enough to listen to people. Um, and that, I think, kind of opens the door um, to a lot of issues here where if people were listening um, and willing to be truthful about that, we could have made friends here. Right. Um, the last one I'll share for now, and I'll save the others for a deep dive, is, um, like I mentioned, Eve is a single mother. And... She hasn't, at the beginning of the book, you learn she hasn't really dated in a long time. She hasn't really been with anyone in a long time, which is kind of ironic because she's she's an erotic romance author. Um, but she says, alone doesn't care that I don't shave my legs in the winter. Alone never gets disappointed by me. And I could really, like, I know, like, it, for some people that might be a sad quote, but for me, like, I was just like, yeah, girl, I, I get that. I think sometimes it's hard to enter the dating world or hard to enter new relationships or even friendships mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't want to let down another person, especially when you are dealing with a disability. So, in which Eve is dealing with a disability. And she's had negative reactions to that disability in the past. And I think... For me, someone who deals with, like, anxiety and that sort of thing, um, I can understand um, not um, Eve's disability as far as migraines, but I can understand not wanting to really engage in a new relationship and having to explain this part of your life and having to um, potentially deal with the ramifications of someone not understanding and just getting tired of it. And it's just like, I don't want someone else to be disappointed by me. I don't want to get disappointed by being excited at the thought of being with someone. Like, And so, like, alone a lot of times can just feel easier. Mm. So I really could... I kind of understood that point that she was making. Okay. So, POV. 
then. Okay, yes. Um, um, favorite and least favorite characters in this section. Let's yeah. go. Um, so for me, it is the daughter, Audrey. Um, and I want to share her full name, actually, which <laughs> is Audrey Zora Tony Mercy Moore. Um, I wrote a note when I was reading, I think something along, I would have to go and find the specific, but I remember like the first time, like she called her daughter's name and I was like, so you just put all the black authors up in there, everybody up in there. Um, and I love that. I love that little, um, shout out and honor to, um, black women writers. And that is very important here. Um, when Eva is a writer herself, you know? So um, you can tell she's honoring them in a way. Yeah. So I really loved that. And um, kind of like we were saying earlier, she is just a phenomenal young girl. Um, and I'm just really drawn to that. And I just I, she, appreciate that. I appreciate the role she played in this book for mm-hmm. sure, especially between um, her mother and Shane. Like, I really appreciate that part. Yes. But sometimes she read as a little unrealistic to me. But then maybe that's because I'm like, I don't remember being that way at 12. Nope. And yeah, I don't know. And. I think that's the thing. I remember being a little bit like that, you know, mm-hmm. this sense of, because um, there's this part where she, you know, she wants to um, be um, a therapist, like a celebrity therapist. And so she kind of hustles her classmates into like giving them advice and everything. And not saying I did all of that, but I feel like there was times like, I was hustling my classmates like I'm about to make this spinner and sell it different things like that um and just being this type of innovative person okay I can I can see that my favorite character um I think I, in a way I kind of fell in love with Eve and Shane like mm-hmm. even with their dark sides like I still like I felt for them like I really like fell for them you know yes but outside of the main characters i would say cc the editor was a, one of my favorite characters she was just she funny. was cool and she was like in everybody's business and she was doing things just to get the tea and she um i just i just liked her as a character and as a person and i honestly was reading and i was like you know i would i would want to be friends with cc because she would always know what's going on without being like too drama filled if that yeah. makes sense and also, I, I found her view on life and love to be a little bit more realistic and a little bit more aligned with um, how I view that stuff. Okay. Yeah. I think she was a great character, too. Um, but I think at times, um, she was the drama, but in a good way where she, you know, she really supported the main characters. Right. Um, so that's something I did appreciate. And I agree. There's a sense for the two main characters that you just really connect with them mm-hmm. um, at certain points where it's just like it's really hard not to like them so it's right. just like of and course. even though they had these dark pasts yeah i found that maybe i didn't necessarily identify with everything in their dark past but some of the like emotions or feelings that like were written about them like i was like yes i get that yes um but yeah and then for my least favorite character, I would say it was Eve's mom, Lizette. I just felt like she was totally checked out. I feel like she never really stepped up as an adult. And I could see why 
Eve and her have a strained relationship and it's like what really upsets me I felt like was like Lizette as the mother not understanding why that relationship was strained and feeling like oh just because she's Eve's mother like they should be close and that she should have access to her but it's like when you have contributed to my trauma so much when you have not been able to recognize your mistakes and apologize it's like I don't want to have to engage with this type of person. It doesn't mean like I don't care. It's just like I can understand not wanting to engage with that type of person. Yes, I agree. Um, Lizette's mother is a person that I did not like. I think the other person I did not like would be Khalil. I wrote Um, Khalil equal Hotep. Exactly. (laughs) And um, I think because I connected to that idea of like, I think there's a part in the book, um, there's a panel and he just, um, he's mansplaining, he's interrupting people, he's catering to himself and all the hotep things he does. The duality of the simultaneous consumption and destruction of (laughs) black men. I was like, um, why? Yes. Um, so I think just reading that, um, and, just knowing that energy just never works out for me. I just feel like, um, I just didn't really like just that. Just go away. Yeah. yeah. So into our deep dive, I'm going to kind of do this out of order. So one of the topics that we talk about in our deep dive is usually a writing wish. And I feel like it should go here right before we actually do the actual deep dive. Um, because I think it's important and basically both of us had the same writing wish which was we think this book should have come with a trigger warning because there are very dark themes in it and so we're going to say right here not only are we about to do a spoiler you know and like alert for that but we also want to alert you to trigger warnings like there is um, going to be discussion of self-harm substance abuse um Suicide ideation, mm-hmm. um, sexual assault. Yes. I, I truly think there should have been a trigger warning, and here's the trigger warning for anyone watching or listening. And, um, yeah, so, but with that, that would have been my writing wish for the book. I think it should have come with its own trigger warning. But with that, let's get into the spoilers and the deep dive. Yes. Um, so, from the beginning, I think... Um, the very beginning of how the book started. <laughs> um, it um, it just started very spicy, very explicit. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I didn't expect it, right? right? So. Um, it wasn't bad by any means, but it just was unexpected. Exactly. So we, I think we kind of saw the cover and had heard about the book and thought, oh, this is going to be like a cute little romance. Yes. Love story. Like seven days. This is going to be quick. This like is going to be a nice, like passionate, passionate romance. And it just wasn't, even from the very beginning. And it was where, like, I kind of read that first chapter and I took a break, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not saying I don't, like, read things or know about, like, things that could be intense like that. It was just um, unexpected. Right. I agree. So I had to come back to it. But then once I came back to it, I couldn't stop reading this. Um, like you said, this is a love about, um, two people who are rekindling and you find Eva, um, at the very beginning of the novel, um, in the midst of her career, right. Right. Which is kind of wanting to start 
talking about. She is an author and she writes um, a black fantasy novel about erotica novel. Erotica novel. Very important. To yes, um, because I think it is what leads her to kind of start feeling like she's feeling like she's not a serious author. Yes. She's feeling like, you know, there's more that she wants to write about, but she also feels like these books have become so popular. Like she's like, they tell you in the book that she's supposed to be writing her 15th, um, in the series of, um, this black fantasy erotica novels. And you know, she's like, this is my bread and butter and she doesn't necessarily want to leave it. But, um, she's ready to kind of move on from that. Yes. Um, and one thing that she talks about eventually, um, is, you know, I write, um, for money. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, someone tries to tell her, you know, you should write for the truth. And she was like, I can't afford to write the truth. I already know the truth. Um, I'm writing basically for survival, right? She has a young daughter that she's taking care of. And I think that was something I connected with in this sense of, the things, um, and it has been a theme throughout um, the books we read, you know, you can't always um, do your passion when you have the realities of life that you're facing. Um, sometimes you just have to do things, especially career-wise, um, to get it done, right? And to see the next day. Um, and I also like with her career, though, um, even though she's in this position where she's feeling um, that, she um, can't get away from these characters. She acknowledges what they did for her during that time. She talks about how um, writing these characters, she wrote them when she was young. She wrote them when she was like a teenager, right? right. After she has this experience. Um, and they they don't grow, right? They're vampires in this fantasy world, she says, but I grew up, right? Yeah. So now that I'm in a different stage in my life and, and this, this is where I kind of need to find a way to end this because she has another story in her, right. right? And I think that's where you lead to this idea of um, womanhood, motherhood, and family for her, right? Where right. she's led to tell the story because she experiences... Um, this disability, this invisible dis disability, she um, says, where she, um, it's not a migraine, it's more than that, right? Yeah. Like, she can't... It's excruciating, excruciating, she can be put to the point of vomiting. Exactly. Intense pain. Um, and speaking of motherhood and ancestry and womanhood and all that stuff, she uh, realizes that other women in her family have actually experienced this, but mm -hmm. because they had no medical knowledge, no history to draw on from it, you learn that they were kind of cast out of society because of it. You learn that they were really um, admonished be yes. because of it, and they, you know, they went through their own uh, ver like turmoil because of it. You know. Um, and really become outcast. Yes. And you realize um, becoming outcast and all these things, um, her mom, Lizette, the way she explains it, it's like we're cursed, right? right. And it leads to um, being cursed even in romance, right? right? And then you get to this romance where you see um, that she had a chance with Shane and it didn't work out. 
right? right? And now it's years later, they're coming back together. And I think the rest of the book is them um, knowing and seeing these feelings of we are good together. Um, but what happened in that past, those seven days um, back in the past? Right. I thought it was really important that we had those flashbacks, but I didn't realize how dark they would be. Mm-hmm. I think it was important because it, it you learn how it informed both of their writing careers, yes. which, which I, I felt was really interesting. And I also felt like it was important because it was like for them to move on and for them to really get that second chance at love, like they had to be honest with each other about what happened back then. And basically what happened, right, was they... Um, they met in high school, but the way they met was basically Eva wanted a new friend. She had been moving around very often, very frequently. She made a new friend in Shane because she could see that he kind of, you know, was on the fringes of high school society, I guess you could say. Yeah. They get into a very bad fight, um, not with each other, but with other people. And then they end up going on basically like a seven day binger at mm-hmm. like in someone's house that Shane happens to know because he deals drugs and quite frankly also like solicits himself too basically. Mm. Um, yes. And that's how he's able to stay in the house or whatever. But like they go on a seven day binger, like all types of drugs. Um, you learn that Eva self harms. You learn that Shane is an alcoholic, you learn um, that even though throughout all of that, they were able to really connect with each other. Like, they slept very, like, that, like, when they slept together, that was, like, the deepest sleep that they had. And not, and not, and I don't mean slept together as in, like, sex. I mean slept together as in just, like, laying in the bed together. Like, that's, like, when they felt most comfortable and vulnerable with each other and hadn't felt that way with other people. Um... And you learn that they make these promises to each other to, like, really be there for each other and not allow the other person to go through hurt. Unfortunately, they can't keep those promises. And in the beginning of the book, you think Shane just left her. But really and truly what happened was that Eva overdosed. um, And more than that, her when her mother finds this out her mother sends Shane to prison basically um and that's why he stayed away for so long um but also he wasn't ready to be with her because he was an alcoholic and he had to overcome that before he could really reintroduce himself into her life but you learn how he overcame that struggle you learn what that um he what he's doing in his life like as far as he's he's an english teacher now after writing four he wrote four books drunk but doesn't want to he's sober now doesn't see himself as a writer anymore but now more so as a as a teacher and a mentor which i think is is a beautiful thing yeah you know um when you realize when you you come out of one struggle and realize you know okay what am i going to do now and i thought it was beautiful that he found his thing that he can do now yes um and it wasn't like he was just desperate to go back to writing and desperate to like be back in that space like I think he was very open to acknowledging he's in a new space and this is like this new thing that he can engage in yes um well said there that was just so good um so many thoughts where one um it was really hard I think again yes 
the back um, story was necessary, but throughout the book, it's like you don't know. So you're getting these pieces, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting this piece, oh, um, she's about to be, she's fighting um, so she doesn't get sexually assaulted. She's um, she feels this pain, so she's going to self-harm. Um, he um, had this um, accident uh, when he was young. Like, he was an orphan, didn't get to be with the foster family, so he, um, Shane de- feels like he deserves pain in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so these things, it, it does inform the future, but, like, the way it comes out in little pieces, it's like tiny pieces of your heart is being cut um, of this, like, what is going on here. Um, and I think one thing that was happening, um, like you said, he went through this trauma. He went, he had this kind of toxic life and he found something else to put his energy in, which is teaching and which is mentoring. And I think part of that came from, he talks about having a mantra, right? Mm -hmm. And he's mentoring um, a student in the beginning and he, the student, he realized the student really likes planets. So he's like, name the planets as your mantra. And you don't really know where he gets this, but the student asks him, what's your mantra? And you don't find out until later, Mm -hmm. Um, but he got his mantra from Eva, right? Which is like, like you know, don't, don't fight right, right, right? Which she's like, you know, like you said, they had an incident where they're fighting people and she's just like, don't fight right, right? So they're in this commitment to save each other. Right. Um, and this mantra is what kind of saves him. And then you realize Audrey, you know, she Eva's like, Audrey is kind of getting in trouble in school and different things like that. And um, with like the whole um, celebrity therapy kind of thing when she's trying to um kind of do therapy sessions and post it online on snapchat with other students and her mom's like what do i always say and audrey says resist persist insist and it's like a little nugget of oh that's um eva's mantra right Right. but um and it ended up like you know they end up talking about other things but i think that was really cool too where you have this tool now of You've gone through certain things, um, and you're trying to heal from it. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yes, I think it also centers you, right? Yeah, and helps you get back on whatever path you're supposed to be on. So, I think that's helpful as well. Yes, I also like how you were introducing and saying for, for Shane. Shane about writing, um, of how he, the way he writes. Um, I think, and it, you discover throughout the book. Um, he's written four books, but he's also seen as a um, very um, highbrow type of author, right? He's gotten awards. He's very esteemed, highly esteemed, but Eva isn't, right? So, yes, you have this moment where they're on this panel, and the panel is about, you know, the black literary community and authors um talking to each other on this panel um and answering questions and there's this part where they have um this conversation um in front of the crowd to answer a question but it's also a conversation in between themselves where they realize and they're kind of talking about how shane reads eva's books 
So Eva, in her career, she thinks, you know, my books, they have somewhat meaning. I have a following, but it's superficial. But Shane sees a lot more. He sees something deeper in it, and he goes super into it. And you realize eventually that their books are talking to each other. Yes. And I was reading, and I was like, they were at the panel, and I was reading, I was reading, and I actually noted... I said, I'm like, are they writing about each other? Like, so after I read the quote where it was like, girls are given the weight of the world, but nowhere to put it down. The power and magic born in that struggle. It's so terrifying to men that we invented uh, reasons to burn y'all at the stake. You may, and then goes further a little bit. And then you made Gia's magic broom 10 times stronger than Sebastian's fangs. Which Trump's monster tells me everything I need to know about why men are scared of women. And I, in that moment, I realized, like, are they writing about each other? Are they yes. going back and forth about each other? And I kid you not, a couple pages after that, she, like, it's the, the panel has ended and they're, they're next to each other. And she's like, stop writing about me. And yes. he's like, you first or something like that. And I was yes. like, ah, of course they are writing about each other. But yeah, I picked up on that as well. And he um, even says, um, I'm not just writing about you. I'm writing to you. So, um, yeah, no, I thought that was very powerful as well. And just like a nice, I don't know. I feel like there's so many connections and like moments within this book that I really appreciated. Um, to dive a little bit deeper on the like idea of second chance romance, I there were so many moments where I was like, I know how that feels. I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. Like, because I've been in a situation where I thought like getting back together with someone would mean like, you know, this is it for us. Like, we, we must like be meant to be in each other's mm. lives. This is end game. And this is end game. And I. I remember reading like some of these moments and I just was like, oh, I, I get that. And um, for example, Eva would like would giggle into her palm despite herself. Why is it still so easy to talk to you? Um, always was. It's just who we are. Like there's these moments of like, yeah, there are just some people in our lives. Sometimes it feels like we are meant to be in each other's lives because we're so comfortable with each other. Like maybe from day one, maybe like you know, you finish each other's sentences. Maybe you just find that you're always like laughing in their presence or just like can feel vulnerable in their presence. So I could really like identify with that. Um, and she says, I, she says about their past. So like they're, they're, you know, know, they're presently together. And she says about their past, I was hoping I'd romanticized it over the years that we weren't real. Mm. Her words sounded delicate, breakable. I think sometimes it's like, because a person hurt you in such a way, you want to believe that, like, not you want to believe, but you start to believe that. Did I make up what we experienced? Did I, like, idealize what we experienced? And it's like, because they hurt you or because it didn't necessarily turn out the way that you expected or wanted it to turn out, you start to think, maybe I idealized the situation, romanticized the situation, but one thing um, this book reminded me of and one thing someone has said to me was that you can't take away that you loved someone in the past, right? Like it's already happened. Like you already have those feelings and it just was like a reminder that, you know, 
love is real and like love happens and it's not that you're necessarily romanticizing it's just it just happens to be the past and it just it really was that good it just it just was the past you know i definitely hear that um and then for me i think the last thing i want to say um i don't know if you want to say anything else um another big part um along with the actual romance i think um was this is black romance of course again Mm -hmm. emphasizing that where she's a writer eva's a writer and her book has a fandom and eventually it has a chance to become a movie and the director that that they they could could currently get is um a director who wants to cast white actors right just completely whitewash every part of her book exactly um and there's a part where eventually towards the end she kind of um recognize and realize that no they need to be black this is important and shane helps her with that realization with that kind of um coming there just her relationship with shane and the way that um in the, I think in within the memories and the flashbacks, it's like you see Shane or just their lives going in and out. And it was the same thing towards the end almost before they could actually be together. It was kind of an in and out type of situation um, until they get to um, a party of CC's. And then again, when CC organizes them for, t- for them to be together, um, where... That's another reason to love CC. She yes. really... <laughs> she's the reason why I mean we're already in the spoiler part but I would say she's the reason why they get there happily ever after yes um, but I just feel like in that between um, of she's figuring out things for her life and career Shane is not there blocking her Shane is there making her realize and come up with these um, realizations of who she is um, and I really appreciate that part of their romance that leads them to being able to be together in the end right and this will be the last quote i read even though there was other ones i wanted to read (laughs) um so when they finally do come together in the like literally very end of the book uh child i was like what is going on (laughs) yes going on (laughs) but when they finally come together um eva says this wasn't healthy no they weren't supposed to see each other wasn't the whole point of breaking up to focus on themselves work through past trauma separately but Eva couldn't ignore the dissenting voice in her head, wondering if maybe there was a chance they'd be stronger together. And I just love that. I was like, yes, yeah. finally. I was like, is this going to be a romance or not? But <laughs> finally, in the end, it worked out. Yes. Um, and maybe that's what was real adult love was, being fearless, fearless enough to hold each other close, no matter how catastrophic the world became. Loving each other with enough ferocity to quell the fears of the past just effing be there yes and hopefully one day we can find someone who will just effing be there (laughs) period (laughs) yes um but i honestly can say i don't know if there was anything else you want to say no that was great to kind of wrap up so i would just say honestly i loved this book i do think it needed a trigger warning Mm -hmm. there is definitely some deep shit in here and there's even more honestly Um, there's there are things we didn't even get to touch on. Right. But I genuinely love this book. I genuinely am so happy that they ended up together. It, um, 
it just reinvigorated my like beliefs on love. Okay. But also, I love that. um, but beyond that, just like also being true to yourself. Yes. And finding the truth in you, and also inspired me. I think to find a mantra that will help me get to writing. I noticed Ooh. that you put down here, read, believe, love, our mantra. I noticed you put that in our notes. And I was like, yeah, that has been a good mantra for us, like for our podcast and like, you know, getting back into loving reading and into loving talking about books and stuff like that. But I also am like now inspired to find, okay, what will be the mantra for me to get into writing and like maybe pursue these like other dreams and yes. things that I have. Like what will keep us going, you right. know, when we are down there in the trenches. Right. Well, that's it for me on this book. I loved it. Um, yes. To find the star rating and the full review, you'll have to check out our Instagram and our blog. And I just want to go ahead and say our giveaway is still going on. There's still some time to enter. It ends on June 24th, I believe. So there's still some time to enter. Remember, we're giving away seven items for making it to our seventh podcast and over 70 followers. Um, Anything else from you? No, that's pretty much it. Loved the book. Definitely suggest everybody to read. Thank you for joining us, you guys, on this ninth podcast of ours yes thanks for joining in on our journey and we'll see you next time bye bye